Hello and welcome everyone to another market commentary from us at Stashaway. With me, of course, our investment team consisting of our chief investment officer, Freddie Lim. Hey, Philip. How are you doing? Hey, Freddie. Hi. How are you? And uh, also Stephanie, our um, Hi, everyone. Deputy, um, chief investment officer. Hey, good to see you both. <laughs> good to see you. <laughs> Yeah, it's been another uh, nice two weeks. Uh, lots of noise, Freddie. It, it's not it's not uh, s stopping anything. I think we have a few you know topics that we would like to discuss, right? Uh, I think um, I think we touched all of them a little bit already before, but I think you know zooming out a little bit and and, and looking at the bigger picture when it comes to this whole um, noise that is in the market uh, would probably be a very good. Uh, you know, level set for all of our listeners. Uh, do you want to start with that, Freddie? Yeah, I, I mean, the, um, it's important to weed out the noise and, and focus on what really matters. And what we've learned since the pandemic and also this year is that uh, first thing is inflation is rising. And this inflation is uh, the root cause is a lot of it is supply chain uh, disruptions. It's not something that can be fought by monetary policy or interest rate hikes alone, it, it, it requires uh, us to successfully reopen uh, or the virus naturally itself becomes endemic and then seasonal. There's a natural biological cycle for that. Or simply industries have to make adjustments to supply chain and that, that takes time. So that's why this is from this first point, we prepared our users in July with our reoptimization, and we've created, try to ring fence this, this problem around. And number two is sort of more interesting outcome as well, because you see the pace of disruptions accelerating, uh, uh, a lot of, lots of innovations bringing opportunities, but the disruption effects it brings or challenges to investment managers as well. Uh, I'll let Stephanie elaborate more on this point. Uh, although it's very dear to my heart, Stephanie is a real expert here uh, to, to really comment on this. So, uh, Stephanie, on to you. Well, thank you, Freddie. And, and I think just following on to what Freddie has said, uh, we're entering into a higher inflation regime post-COVID, uh, according to our data. And also according to our analysis, actually, this is a good time to invest in uh, technology-related sectors and disruptive sectors in particular. Um, if we look at the, I mean, which is also why we recently launched our thematic portfolios, because it provides another option for our investors to get exposure to this very exciting sector uh, at a very, very interesting time, frankly. Because it, during a high inflation regime, what we, our analysis show is that these disruptive technologies or companies actually would outperform the old economy companies. And I think if we look at, for example, Tesla, uh, which recently reported earnings. Um, you can see that, I mean, the stock prices actually recover a lot faster than uh, some other traditional uh, car makers or other traditional companies. So although it's a high volatility regime class, so we don't uh, actually advise people to I mean, put all your eggs into it. Uh, we think uh, actually those three themes that we launched, technology and enabler, um, uh, consumer technology, as well as healthcare tech, are pretty good options for you to like add to your portfolio and kind of spice it up a little bit. Oh, absolutely, thank you, thank you both for that overview. Um, what I do want to do is we did get a few questions from from our listeners, and for everyone that's new to the show or new listeners uh, on on our podcast or wherever you listen to us, 
Um, we do take questions. So if you, if you have any uh, following up from today or in general about Stashaway or about the markets, feel free to always drop them in the comment section below or email us to support at stashaway.com. Uh, with that being said, we did receive some, uh, Freddie and Stephanie. And uh, the first one is um, towards Freddie. And the person is asking, in your opinion, will the global economy undergo stagflation? And if that would be the case, how would Stashaway's investment strategy adjust to that? Uh, let's answer the second part first. Um, at Stashaway, when we first launched uh, four years ago, uh, we take no prisoners. We our algorithm effectively prepares for every possible economic scenarios. And stagflation is one of those scenarios that's rare, but it has a seismic impact if it happens. You also have very little data point and we go back a long time and you, you need to really dig deep in your research and development uh, to, to, to handle that. But that's what we have done four years ago. That's the first place we start. Recession, stagflation, disinflationary growth, inflationary growth and 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 that that's that four main regimes that we we prepare you for if you don't know which quadrant is going to be we use an old weather strategy right so uh so let's remove part two um in terms of whether there's going to be a stagflation or not stagflation is rare and tends to be a structural reason for for it to happen today we have structural reasons for um inflation but the stack bit, however, as you can see, we just mentioned the pace of disruptions actually grow, growing. It accelerated um, healthcare innovations, for example, right? The, the ecosystem was stagnating prior to COVID. It took so long to develop a new vaccine and it's antiquated. It suddenly accelerated within a year. In nowhere in human history has anyone done this messenger RNA technology within a year to fight COVID-19. That to me is a very good example, but it's actually prevalent everywhere. Uh, crowd computing become a basic thing now. We all work from home or remote. Um, blockchain is taking off uh, steadily. Uh, it's still a very early stage of the S curve, the adoption curve, but it certainly has certain potential. Um, there's so much more to say. I can't even, I can go on for two days, right? But because of all this, I'm confident that human society is not moving backward. It's when we lack stuff to do and then the pandemic is still around, inflation is eating us alive, stagflation then becomes real. But that's not the case today. We innovated faster than before. And not just that, even environmental, clean tech, clean energy, new energy. There's so much more stuff that's coming in every single day. So I, I feel we're on a cups of another industrial revolution led by tech and actually it's the fourth one uh second one was led by uk the third one was us and the latest one possibly in china but that aside um we're on the cups of one stagflation is probably these likely to be to to, to be low yeah i think a good good summary i i totally agree with you i think uh, even even though we were all locked in so much innovation has happened even over the last year year and a half since COVID. um so i think i'm I'm looking a little more brighter towards the future as well uh so we're aligned on that freddie um the other question we got stephanie uh, maybe i'll start with you on that is uh, the person was asking um what do we think is the impact uh, of the launch of the first U.S. Bitcoin um, futures ETF uh, in general for the cryptocurrency and also maybe 
how are we looking at that um, as a class uh, with that ETF being launched? And before I give you the question, there was a lot of questions already. Um, maybe you can explain a little bit what actually is a futures Bitcoin ETF, because I think there's still a lot of like people don't understand it 100%. They think, oh, it's a Bitcoin ETF and I can just buy it and it's Bitcoin, right? But I think maybe we can we can start from there and then kind of think about our our, our view on that. So it's uh, it's actually been uh, very very exciting in the cryptocurrency world. I mean, it's a launch of a first real ETF in the U.S. So if we take a step back and look at how um, how people can get exposure to Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies, of course, you like uh, investors can open an account with some of the uh, crypto native exchanges like Binance or FTX or Coinbase. Um, but a lot of people don't have access to that. So to access and, and also institutions as well. So to access cryptocurrencies, uh, historically there were, uh, trust. So grayscale, for example, has been the longest, um, has been a trust with the longest history that trades in the US. However, it's not a real ETF like in the sense that there are uh, mechanisms that are different. There is like redemption, subscription, and therefore, if you look at, for example, the premium or discount to NAV for Grayscale, it tended to fluctuate quite a lot because it's not a real ETF. So there's no uh, kind of real arbitrage um, uh, uh, mechanism to make sure it stays like the tracking error stays low. So it's not a very, um, I guess, an ideal vehicle to get exposure to cryptocurrencies. Now, um, since then, there were a few other um, physically backed ETFs that were listed in places like Canada or uh, in Europe. And these are backed by physical, uh, physically held uh, Bitcoins or uh, Ethereum. And they are actually stored in uh, mostly cold storage, partially uh, hot storage. So it means that you are actually entrusting the ETF provider to store the coins for you. So of course, it exposes the, uh, the, the ETF holders to some sort of hacking risk. Uh, and also, um, if you look at expense ratios, I mean, these also tend to be a bit more expensive. So actually for the US, uh, we didn't have, like, never had a real, um, uh, ETF related to cryptocurrencies. And this is sort of the regulator's first step to, I guess, uh, introduce this asset class into the US retail, uh, investors properly. Uh, and the, um, the basic mechanism of this is that the, ETF actually does not own physical coins, right? Instead, it goes onto the US CME market and buys and sell the uh, near-term futures. So there are futures that are trading on CME on both crypt, uh, on both crypt, uh, Bitcoin and also Ethereum. And this ETF in particular focuses on Bitcoin. So it's not exactly a physically backed ETF. I mean, there are pros and cons to it. It's cheaper to execute, but also uh, I know Freddie has also looked at some of the underlying mechanisms of, of how the tracking error could be. So maybe also Freddie can <laughs> comment a bit on that. Well, um, the futures-based ETF uh, does not incur uh, hacking risk, as Stephanie has mentioned, um, because it just casts cash settling every day, the, the differences in the price, right? And it's probably used by hedges, like somebody who actually has coin elsewhere, wanting to manage short-term risk, they, they are willing to be on the short side, right? But the, the, the ETF will be on the long side of things. Now, in terms of futures-based ETF, there's a contango problem where you're buying the futures, a contango problem, but essentially uh, is, is that if nothing stays, if everything stays unchanged, um, the the price of the what the ETF is holding on that contract will roll down 
as it approaches maturity. Uh, and, and that means you incur sudden loss due to the passing of time. It's like a time decay thing. And uh, that happens in commodities a lot too. And, and however, that curve, uh, one caution that actually Stephanie herself is the one that reminded me in the past that th this curve, right, this rolling down effect is not always the same. Sometimes they, you know, the, the curve can change shape uh, depending on supply and demand. It doesn't mean it's always going to be realized. By the moment, for example, it's about an analyzed 10.8% of contango. Uh, so that means it's actually rolling against uh, the long side of the futures ETF. Then you can actually, if this persists, you can actually see a difference in the, uh, the futures-based ETF returns versus the direct holding ETFs returns. They would, they would have this uh, difference due to contango, right? Again, it's not a, com it's not a guaranteed it will happen. It's just a, is stacked against you to start with, right? So, um, in, then we, the, the, this thing can reverse and call, we call it backwardation when it's reverse, where it's actually nicely rolling up the other way with the passing of time. Um, again, uh, who knows the future? Right? That, that's no, we, 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 I, we're not saying one is better than the other, but it's, it's simply that you got to have your own view on risk when you choose between them. No, absolutely. Uh, a, a good thing for the crypto space in general for for the launch and like getting you know their feet wet with the sec and, and you know different organizations in the us so um from that standpoint a good step forward but uh yeah be cautious know what you're investing in you know do your research and again thanks freddie and uh, and stephanie both of you for for summarizing summarizing um the new bitcoin etf for us um with that being said to wrap it up we do have uh, quite a few of webinars, as always, uh, for our listeners to, to join in all the different locations that we're currently in. Um, first one up, let's start with Singapore. We have um, a very timely webinar coming up calling Growing Your Wealth with SRS Investing. That's on the 9th of November at 7 p.m. local time. Um, you learn about how to make use of SRS. Maybe you've done it before. Maybe you have never done it. Um, we'll really talk you through the tax benefits, especially since uh, you have till the end of the year to make your contributions to SRS still. Um, so join us for this 9th of November, 7 p.m. Uh, for our Malaysian audience, we have a couple of different uh, webinars upcoming. Uh, first one, 3rd of November, 6 p.m. local time, Personal Finance Basics. So this is where you can learn more about your personal financial planning and things like that. And then following up from that, the week after, on the 10th of November, we have what's called Investing Basics. So that really builds up on that personal finance basic course. So if you want to um, learn more about those and really get a solid understanding um, and you're in Malaysia, please join us for those. They're both at 6 p.m. local time. Um, for our MENA region, um, we also have our Financial Planning Basics course. It's on the 3rd of November as well, 6 p.m. local time. And in Hong Kong, uh, we have also financial planning basics. Um, oh, no. In Hong Kong, we actually have investing for creatives. Uh, completely, completely messed up on the line there. But uh, investing for creatives, 3rd of November, 10 a.m. local time. Um, as always, you can find all the sign-up links in our show notes. And you can also um, see them on... Um, our websites, Eventbrite, and anywhere else you interact with us. With that being said, I think we we lost Stephanie to uh, a run out battery on her on her video, but I still have Freddie here with me. So again, Freddie, thank you so much for joining, and we hope to see all of you 
again next time. Until then, have a good day.